0: Welcome to Two Idiots Talk Health and Fitness Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Tyler. Each week, we sit down to bring you practical, actionable health and fitness information. Let's get started.
1: What's up, everybody? It's episode 38. It's Ryan. It's Tyler. What's up? And he's back. Rusty is in the house.
0: Hey. Good God! There <laughs> is. Our, our listeners are gonna. Tyler. <laughs> uh, so mad.
1: Audio guy Tyler loves uh, when there's voice inflections and and uh, raising God. the voice. But special <laughs> guest. We were hyping it last week. It's the official halfway point return, Christmas break return. Is it halfway?
2: It is. is So I finished basic training. So yes, I still have infantry school left, but the first portion is over. Our
1: guy is back. So we are going to spend the episode catching up with our boy. But before we get into that, we got another voice message.
0: Voice message. We
1: got a a voice message from a longtime listener, first time caller, if you will. Uh, So, shout out to Alexis for the message. She wanted to give her thoughts here. So, let's see what she has to say.
0: Hey, this is Alexis. I just wanted to chime in and make sure that I was a person who left you guys a voice message uh, since one of the topics was Christmas movies. Ed and I enjoy Christmas Vacation, and we have the uncut version. We plan on watching it this weekend. See ya. Bye. Thank you, Alexis. Uh, I'm very jealous of the uncut version of Christmas Vacation.
1: Yeah, Christmas Vacation's an all-timer, I, so I don't even know what's going on. I was going to say, I don't, version, what's in
0: the uncut version? Follow-up like voice
2: message, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Rusty Griswold is a legend. Rusty Griswold? That out there.
1: Did you like to expand
2: on that? I mean, that's that's the son's name in the oh. vacation series. I didn't know. If maybe oh. you formally. No. Yeah, you know, I was like, no. hold up. Something
1: on. So we already talked a little bit about Christmas movies. I think. First of all,
0: I don't know. Have you been keeping up with the podcast? This is
2: awkward to talk into the microphone and look at you. I feel like, so. I just, I feel like I <laughs> we need
0: we act. need a we need a circle table. I have
2: a, not been able to keep up with the podcast. So Freaking, you, you, you flew on a plane. You could have listened. Hey man, they're they're tricky with that Wi-Fi. <sighs>
1: So anyway, on the on the last episode, Tyler thought that the boss was in reference to Mariah Carey and not Bruce Springsteen.
0: Uh, whatever. So oh last my, episode, I paid my respects. I listened to him the next day.
1: Episode we discussed our favorite Christmas songs. I think the episode before that we talked a little bit about Christmas movies. So rusty
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the hot seat. Talk to me about favorite Christmas movies. Talk to me about favorite Christmas songs. And just talk to me about all things Christmas in general.
2: Absolutely. So um, I was raised by my grandmother, who is very Christmas-oriented. Like, she's blasting Christmas music at Halloween while kids are coming to the door trying to collect their goods, you know? Um, So I definitely grew up in a a Christmas household. Um, But Christmas movie, Jingle All The Way. Easy. It's a classic. Jamie, the turbo man. I love it. You have to love Jingle All The Way. Corny movie, but it's amazing. Uh, Christmas song. Little Drummer Boy by Jars of Clay. If you haven't listened to that, it's a good old-fashioned Christmas And band. you
0: get at me about my weird but stuff. But it
2: is a very, very good Christmas song uh, mm. that I support fully.
1: All right, what, what else do we get into? What what else do we like uh, music-wise, movie-wise? You know, all-time classics there, Jingle All The Way, I believe, is one yeah. that we, we talked about. That's a favorite of mine for yeah. sure.
2: I like the old, like, claymation-style movies, too. You have, like, Rudolph the (laughs) Red-Nosed Yeah, Little Year Without Santa Claus. Yeah, Yeah. Jack Jack Frost. Uh, Those are always a classic. Uh, And then you have The Christmas Story, too.
1: What Um, about the Michael Keaton Jack Frost? Because that's one of my favorite movies. Is that
2: where he turns into a snowman? Yeah. Not a fan.
1: What do you mean, dude? It's like a tearjerker. Yeah, but it's just like... I still am on the verge of crying, and I've seen it 40 times.
2: Every time you see him melt, just (laughs) a a tear, just 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 a single tear. All right.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no love there. So what? Um, Dang! All right. So he's 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 into the clay, the the old school clay ones. Um, how about how about uh, some other Christmas songs? What what do we got on the playlist besides? Uh, what was it? Jars of Clay.
2: <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Knock it till you try it. Hey, I'm, um, I'm on
1: board. I got to do yours. I got to do. What was
0: that one? What uh, was yours. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. And who's Small the, Town Titans? Small Town Titans. Jars of Clay. I'm on top of it.
2: So I've worked in a retail environment before, and if you ever worked in like a classic retail environment, they spam you with Christmas <laughs> music during the yeah, holidays. Kills all the. All the uh, and it absolutely takes all the love out of Christmas music for me, uh, except for very, very few songs um, that I honestly can't even think of right now, just because I'm so bitter towards the the mass Christmas music that they put on the radio.
1: But if you could, it would probably be. Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town.
0: Absolutely, I uh, feel like so. he's more of like a current Christmas guy, like the Ariana Grande. No, no way, uh, Snoop Dogg. My he man, really is, did a very my good man
1: is a classic Sinatra. Yeah, we got a little Frank. Bruce, I like Frank. Lil nah, Gene, Frank's great. Martin, like he's a, he's a classic. Maybe it's cold man.
2: outside. Cold. Well, you're not
1: you're <laughs> not you're not, uh, you're not supposed to play that one anymore. Oh, no, that's true. Uh, is it offensive. really? Is it? No, oh. I think it's back. It's back now. Yeah, I think it is. I think that was what two years ago, yeah. three years ago, maybe. Yeah, something everybody like that. Where everybody tried to cancel that song because it's of, back though. You know the implications of okay. it. Uh, Saw so a great meme by the way, which this will probably not not be able to make make the show here, but it was a great meme. Oh, okay. I'm gonna like, edit this out. <laughs> it was like a, uh, a a DJ, and it was like um, talking about how they can't play "Baby It's Cold Outside" or whatever, and then they're like, "So anyway, here's Cardi B with Grant, oh yeah you know, with uh, WAP." You know, yeah and, yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah it was, it was fun but anyway uh great choices great topic what's the uh when did you get home friday the, yes, the what is that the 18th yes is there any type of so like when did you were you just going hard up until you left or like was there a point in time there where like you had graduated and passed and you were done with all that and you were just kind of waiting to leave or was it pretty much
2: uh, working so, the whole
1: time until you got on the plane
2: We had a little bit of time at the end. Uh, Once you – they call it going green. Uh, So you're out of basic training. You're considered a soldier, and you're moving into your job training after that. So um, after our basic training graduation, we had a a couple day pass where you got to walk around uh, the base and go to to some stores, and they took people to the movie theater. I didn't really go to that. I was just kind of chilling, but – Obviously, with everything going around with the virus and stuff like that, even we were locked down there, probably more so than people realize, so uh, they really do go out of their way to make sure we're all safe in a training environment, and they've been doing really good with that, so uh, we couldn't do too much, but we had a little bit of time to sleep. and.
1: Do they uh, you know, get a little Christmas spirit
2: going on there towards the end, or not Not really? No, not really. I mean, you have to understand, with the Army, you have people coming from all over the world, yeah. uh, so they have to well, be respectful so I mean, of everyone's hey, culture, hey. but...
1: Santa Claus is worldwide.
2: It is. You're right. He's a global phenom. But uh, no, it wasn't really any holiday stuff at all. Uh, we did get like a Thanksgiving meal, which was nice. So we did get to celebrate a little bit of Thanksgiving. So. What? Uh, I'm just dumb. I'm just. I got all kind of questions. Go ahead. Just hit me.
1: What? Uh, so what's that base like for a couple of dudes that uh, are, have never, never experienced? Like, say stores. Like,
2: what do we, what do we, what do we got here? So you are very, very. Locked down, um, and there's some specifics I can give, and some that I can't, just due to OPSEC and stuff like that. But um,
0: terms, terms you don't know, classified information.
2: Yeah, just operational security. Uh, but um, you basically have a designated spot where they train uh, new soldiers and private service goes there for training now, uh, which is what I'm a part of, uh, and you are locked in into that spot the entire time. So you're not leaving uh, uh, that area. Um, there's stores specifically designated for trainees, uh, when you earn the privilege of going to one, um, there's a very specific way you have to walk through it, uh, there's a very specific way you have to go in, you have to leave, and you can only buy things that they say you can buy, so, uh, you, you definitely understand, um, Struggle while you're there, and it makes you appreciate things outside of that environment much more.
1: So, are these like military-specific stores, or are these like stores people would know?
2: No, these are. So it's it's called a PX, like Post Exchange. It's the exchange. Uh, They only sell things that the military says they can. Not
1: the exchange that sells video games. (laughs) Correct. All right. Correct. I I went
0: there over the weekend.
1: So. I don't know i don't know how you know i don't want, i don't want the uh fbi knock on the door shut podcast <laughs> down here but so like when you if you're like a, a a jabroni right off the street jabroni's a big word on this show lately yeah um, i'm a fan people were caught off guard with the usage of jabroni it's old school um so if you're like just in the game you're, you're first allowed to go to the store like, what, do you, what type of things are they letting you buy right out of the gate? Like, just, like...
2: Uh, hygiene. Nothing. Does that's that's it? it. Yeah, I mean, you can up your laundry detergent, your toothpaste, your shampoo, your soap, and that's basically it. Okay. No Tide Pods for the kids. You can't trust them with that anymore. No, nah, they gotta, they gotta right. go class. Yeah, Tide Pods are no So gone. then,
1: what? Do we, uh, you know, as we get a little further <laughs> in the game, like, where can we graduate to from the, from the hygiene? Like, what's our next bump on what we're
2: allowed to get into? So... Everything is a privilege, yeah. and they use that word often because they want you to understand that everything that they let you have, they can also take away, uh, which is an important lesson to learn. But uh, as you go through the process, uh, we were able to get our own boots, uh, which the Army issues you boots, but they're, they're not great. So once you're able to buy your own boots, it's a big deal because you're yeah. rocking, you're on your feet a lot, uh, and you have to take care of your feet or you just won't make it. It's really important. Um, uh, we were able to get multi tools so we were able to carry like pliers and a knife and stuff like that Um, and it's really uh, things that make your job easier that you're gonna want to buy and they make you understand the struggle of doing it without those tools and then they make you earn the tools uh, needed to make your job easier so uh, you kind of get to see both sides of the coin there uh, which is nice but it's all planned out it's all regimented it's all scheduled and uh, if If you don't earn your boots you won't get them so you're gonna have to do your your 16 mile rock with terrible boots that are gonna hurt your feet so
1: this has nothing to do with that but when i worked in the mill the one summer (laughs) every once in a while the boot truck would show up to the mill it's a good day and dudes were going crazy like i you know me and my buddies were just there as during college we were just there for the summer but you get those dudes that have been there like 30 some years like just grinding out when that boot truck shows up, it's because they get like a they get a, like that paid back or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. like the company kind of pays for it, so they go crazy. <laughs> like these dudes are going in there looking for like Jordan boots and like all this <laughs> crazy. It, it's like it's like a holiday when the boot the boot truck shows up.
2: So. Very similar to the basic training boot truck day.
1: So why don't we? Do you have? <laughs> I know we kind of just jumped right into some random stuff there. Do you have anything before we kind of take it back to the beginning? Uh, no. Tyler does not participate today. This is the uh, Two Idiots with Ryan and Rusty. So why don't you take us back? So you left, what, end of September?
2: Yes, September 29th I left.
1: So take us back to kind of give us the overview. So, like, you had already lost a ton of weight before you left. What were you weighing in at when you left? And then kind of take us to leaving and how everything started, how the next couple months everything went to the point of, you know,
2: Graduating from basic training, being back here, and what you're weighing and stuff now? Absolutely. So, before I left and before I started working at the gym, um, I was 310 pounds. I believe when I started working at the gym, I was 278 ish. Uh, before I left for the Army, I weighed 230. So, that got me through MEPS, which is the med- medical entrance processing uh, station, uh, and everyone has to go through this medical process to make sure you're qualified to, to ship to basic first. Um, they just do their due diligence. They check for previous injuries, stuff like that. So, uh, I left for basic training at 230 pounds. Uh, and then, yeah, you got quarantined when you got there. So during the quarantine, there's, um, not a whole lot going on. They reintroduce people to, uh, you know, the soldier's creed and uh, some army protocols going through the chow hall. And everything is very, very structured. You have to do it a certain way. So that's kind of a learning process. Uh, they call it yellow phase now. And then after that, after just yellow phase, I weighed, I want to say 220. So I lost 10 pounds just there. And then I went into uh, the basic training portion. I made my way through that. Uh, and then weight-wise, I weighed 200 pounds this morning. So um, that was through the eight, nine weeks so far. Going down. Yeah. So, so let's let's put
1: a date on it. When When is the, roughly, the last time you were three, when were you 310?
2: It was like a year and a half
0: ago now. Okay. So in a year and a half, 110
2: pounds. Yes, sir. Pretty proud of it. It's a Hell big deal yeah, yeah. i mean why would you not
1: be even i mean even uh yeah i want to i that whenever you started here i want to say yeah it was 275 270 something so even from that point which was a little over a year ago at this point i think what you started like august or september last year or something like that so yeah, right i mean even just that part you know just a little over a year uh knocking out 75 80 pounds i mean that's insane do you when you go back and we'll, we'll kind of get back into what you're doing but when you go back, is this next couple months more like skill training and stuff, or like they still gonna be still gonna be working you pretty hard?
2: So what happens is, is the basic training portion uh, is geared towards everyone, right? So in theory, it should be standardized across all the bases. Uh, so people of all skill levels uh, show up, all different backgrounds, uh, physical fitness levels show up, and they have to get through basic training, right? So basic training is structured for everyone uh, and the physical standards are lower uh, than they would be for a lot of job training when you get to your on-the-job training. Um, So uh, you have basic training standards that you pass and then after basic training, uh, my MOS this time is 11 Bravo Infantry. So I'm going to infantry school and that's where you learn how to the, the kicking in doors, clearing houses, um, other stuff, talking on the radio, stuff like that. Uh, things that allow you to be successful as a frontline soldier. Uh, that's what I'll be learning. Uh, but then the physical fitness standards are also raised. Uh, they expect you to run faster, be stronger, um, and everything should really get a little harder in this next portion because that's when um, you're kind of setting yourself apart from the rest of the jobs Uh And my last time through the military, I am prior service again, uh, I was a 91 Fox, which is Small Arms and Total Artillery Repair. Uh, So that job training, uh, that advanced individual training or AIT, uh, was much more of a college environment. Like I woke up, we PT'd, we went to the classroom, Uh, I did my job, I learned from Marines, Soldiers, and Civilians. Uh, and then I went back to my barracks at the end of the night, went to sleep, and did it again the next day. Uh, infantry school is going to be a lot more in the field training. You're going to be sleeping outside, uh, learning how to stay Oof. warm in the cold, setting up tents, uh, setting up security points, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's going to be different in a lot of ways. It's going to be a little bit more of a struggle, but I'm excited to, to test myself and, and prove that I have what it takes to be an 11 Bravo. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Dang. I like it. I like it. All right. So, getting back
0: to uh, you know a little bit before, everyone knows that you were training incredibly hard before you left. So, how did that training before you left? How did that fare for you during basic? Like everything you were doing, you know, between uh, last winter doing all the runs with Ryan and I in the middle of the winter, falling into the spring still getting after it throughout the quarantine at your house, like falling into the summer, like getting back into everything here in the gym. Like how did all of that training fare when you got to basic?
2: So I'm grateful for every single step that I put on my feet before leaving uh, for basic training. Um, If anything, I feel like I should have done more. Uh, But when I showed up to training, again, my age, I turn 32 next week. Uh, So I went through basic training at 31 years old, uh, which the average age of people through basic is probably 18 to 21, if I had to guess. So I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm definitely the grandfather uh, (laughs) of the group. But um, honestly, I was outperforming a lot of 18 and 19 year olds that just thought they didn't have to put in the work. Uh, And a lot of that's just wisdom for me being in it before and knowing that Uh, To be successful at my age and to prevent injury, which is a huge thing, uh, I had to put in that work. Uh, And I went and I was outperforming people when I got there. Um, And through basic training, everything kind of stabilized. So uh, the people that weren't as good as me uh, have caught up. Uh, I've gotten a little better, uh, but everyone's kind of on an even keel now going into training. But uh, if you are not physically fit going into basic training, you're going to have a much, much harder time uh, than someone who is. Uh, and if you can make basic training a mental challenge and not a physical tra- challenge, then you are setting yourself up for success because it's going to be mental for everyone, but uh, the physical part you can control.
1: I mean, I'm sure with that too, no matter what you did before you went, it's still like there's no way to like fully simulate like that environment and that intensity. So I'm, I'm sure no matter what you did before going the first couple weeks, we're probably still going to kind of punch you in the face anyway. I've never been there so I'm just speculating. So you know, I don't know how you how you feel about that. But um, you know, not that it's nearly the same same thing whatsoever. But like whenever I was wrestling, no matter what I did in the gym, there was nothing that could like duplicate that actual like environment and that type of, you know, physical beat down and, and cardio and everything. So uh but yeah, I mean just like Tyler said, we, we obviously witnessed the, the preparation and knew you were, you were ready to roll. So why don't you take us through what an average kind of day looked like from a, like physical perspective, like was every day similar in terms of like, we'd get up and we'd run this and then we'd do this or, or did it change all the time and just kind of take us through like, you know, some of the, some of the workout type stuff you had to do.
2: Absolutely. Uh, a little bit first just on what you were talking about. Um, the military, a lot like any sports that you probably would have played growing up, uh, you played basketball, I believe. Um, I know you, Tyler was a wrestler, uh, which is is very much similar to the military in the fact that while it is performance-based, uh, In basic training when people are learning and they understand that people are going to be at different physical fitness levels uh, It is very much judged off of effort Uh, And you can have the most physically fit person in the world that is The laziest person in the world and he will fail at basic training and you can have someone that is not fit That works their butt off every single day to prove that they're meant to be there and they will have far more respect Uh, than that person who came in shape but doesn't want to work hard and there is a lot of both at basic training Uh, and the drill sergeants have a very very tough job of straightening those people out Uh, you know whether it be the physically fit person who needs an attitude adjustment or the person that works hard that just needs the direction Uh, they do a very very good job uh, with that Uh, and they told us on day one like as a soldier your job title is a professional athlete so we are expected to wake up at a certain time, and I'll kind of run through my day like you asked, but uh, let's say a normal wake up is 4.30 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, you get up, you do your fasted cardio uh, or strength training. So uh, you go to PT uh, and you kind of rotate run days uh, and strength days. So a quick example of that is you might do group agility runs. So uh, if there's 10 people uh, in a group uh, some people are going to be faster than others, so they break you down into A group, which is the fastest, all the way through D group, which is the slowest, and you run with people at your uh, kind of fitness level, and you try to hit mild times uh, and then show progress as you go. So as you do those group agility runs, they should, in theory, get faster and faster for your group. Uh, and if it gets too easy, you can move up. If it's too hard, you can go down. Um, and then strength training days, is a lot of burnout. So you'll do like pull-ups till your burnout, knee tucks, uh, push-ups, V-ups, sit-ups, uh, and then once one muscle group is done uh, getting worked out, they'll be like, "Oh, you're tired. Okay, let's do arms now." And it's kind of like a full body. Uh, I hate to use the word, but it's almost like a CrossFitty in a way, um, kind of HIT training uh, for the strength days, um, and that's really what PT looks like. Uh, and then after that, uh, you'll eat um, breakfast, which again is very regimented, just like uh, if you are training for a professional event. Um, They control what goes in your body they control what you sleep uh if you are out of shape uh you know you're gonna have to make choices on your own what you should and should not eat uh, because they will not tell you what not to eat there they're not allowed to do that um but they're very very good about being you know open about what can make you successful there so like if you're overweight like i was and yes i was still overweight i'm not gonna grab syrup and put it all over my waffles right because that's sugar that i don't need but i'm gonna eat the waffles because i need the carbs to get through my day um after that, you go into uh, whatever the training is for the day. Uh, so, you know, that'll vary as well. Um, a lot of it at the beginning is just customs and courtesies, how you're supposed to uh, treat NCOs and officers, and to make sure you're acting right on post. You need to learn how to be a soldier and act like a soldier. And then after that, uh, you'll kind of go into uh, the shooting and the marksmanship and stuff like that, which is really fun. Uh, and then you'll have lunch pretty much at 11, 11:30 30 every day. Uh, and then more training after lunch, and then you'll have drill sergeant time. So that can be a good or bad time, depending on you know, how you acted during the day. Uh, and then lights out was around 2100, which is nine o'clock p.m. every single night. So that's Seven a day. Seven days a week? Uh, so we actually did have Sundays off, uh, as in it was barracks maintenance day, so you cleaned a lot on Sundays, you couldn't do whatever you wanted, uh, but they did give you a day for your body to rest. So
1: how, when did you kind of get thrown with prior service people? The whole time, that whole time? Or were you still kind of mixed in?
2: It was not the whole time. So basic training is broken up into three phases. So you have red, white, and blue phase. Uh, Red phase is kind of notorious for being the one where they treat you uh, the worst. You have no privileges. um, And it's kind of just, hey, welcome to basic training. We need to break you down a little bit before we can build you back up um which is fair it's actually really really good for a lot of these younger kids i had a, i had a jump start because i've done it before so i kind of knew how to act already uh, but i was with the privates all through red phase uh, and then when white phase came we got separated so we had to earn that too um there's absolutely prior service people who didn't make the cut um that they, they still treated with full respects but um if you weren't able to make your hit times and do what you need to do then you still live with the privates and if you're low enlisted they have the right to do that so
0: now with prior service, because obviously a lot of our members saw, like you started popping up in, in the members group and mm-hmm. so forth a little more more often, what other types of like privileges
2: and so forth did you get as prior service? Um, not a lot, so I was expected to do everything that the other people were doing, but I lived in a different barracks uh, and I did get my phone, which is... Uh, per the commander's discretion, so that can be taken away as well. Uh, So my phone has to stay in the barracks locked in my locker, uh, and I only get it when I'm not training, and I can't take it around people, which is fair. Um, And honestly, I don't use it a lot anyway because it can be a distraction from training, and you need to make sure you're sleeping and not surfing the Internet. So uh, I don't use my phone a lot, even though I have it, but uh, it is a privilege for sure.
1: So going with the whole prior service thing, so when did you go the first
2: time? What year was that? So I joined in 2008 and I was in RSP, Recruit Statement Program for almost a year. And then I left for basic in 2009.
1: So talk to me about the differences between then and now in terms of just in general, but then also like because of COVID and stuff, like what was different in the whole experience the first time to this time. And then like, what are they doing kind of differently because of the state of the world?
2: So my first time going through basic training, I was at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, uh, and it was a tough experience. I went in worse shape uh, that time than I did this time, Um, and I made it through, and it was tough. But uh, so, were you
1: two two years out of high school?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, So I went through my like college party phase before I went. Um, Snuck that that in. Got it first. But uh, yeah, it didn't help. But uh, Fort Benning is kind of notorious for being the toughest of the basic trainings, um, and they do a very, very good job of uh, making sure you're uncomfortable. Um, but a lot has changed because of um, coronavirus, for sure. Uh, they have to take a lot of precautions. Uh, one thing is, is we have to wear a mask all the time. So like in, in the military, where it's a place you get punished for not having what you need, that's just something else you have to remember every day. Uh, so it is a little bit of a chore, but I also understand that the precautions need to be taken, um, especially there. Uh, if you get, you know, if you get the virus in the civilian world, uh, it's going to hurt you. Obviously, financially, your health is going to take a hit. Um, uh, but there's things you can do when you're in a training environment. If I were to get coronavirus, it could set me back two months where I'm stuck at Fort Benning, Georgia, and I won't be able to come home. So uh we're definitely isolated Uh, they keep us independent from all the other training uh, battalions and and, uh, even like chow and everything we're isolated so uh, they definitely do their due diligence to make sure we're safe and they follow the orders and our drill sergeants Um, they're very open and honest about it if we can't do something because of corona they'll tell us like hey we can't do this but guess what because we don't get to do this you get to do this other fun activity Um, so uh, it's changed but it's still very very challenging
1: how, how do you think your outlook on it and your approach to it is different this time versus the first
2: time you went? I'm just more mature. Uh, and the first time I went through, it's like you miss your family because that was my first time being away from my family. I was younger. Um, you know, I was dating someone at the time, so I missed her. Uh, that was a struggle back then. Uh, and then as you mature and you just get older, those things, you know, you worry about finances and your job and you just have different priorities in life. Uh, So mentally, this has been far easier this time than it was the first time. Um, And it also puts me in a position where I'm able to help mentor some of the younger kids that are going through those struggles still. There is a private there that literally will write a book about his day every single day and send it to his loved one back home. And it's like, that's what helps him get through it, but uh, because of Corona, we don't get mail as fast, so that's a big thing. There's still things that are ran by civilians that are moving slow, and mail is absolutely one of them. So uh, if he doesn't hear back in a while, you know, that can kind of check you mentally for not hearing from your loved ones, and that's what you rely on to get through training. So uh, I'm able to spot that and spend time with this trainee and make sure you know mentally he's healthy, because if you stay healthy mentally, you can get through training. Uh, the physical stuff is temporary the mental stuff is what really gets people uh, and that's harder for the younger kids for sure absolutely so
0: because this was a big thing before you left between i think all three of us for a while
2: how often did you channel goggins oh all the time i like i would be lying if i said my body wasn't sore uh and physically hurt for most of basic training. But uh, because I was prior service and put in a position of leadership and uh, expected to be a mentor to these people, you can't show that. So a lot of my inner Goggins every single day, every run, every rucksack, uh, I told myself I will not be the first one to fall out. And then when someone fell out, I was like, well, I'm not the first one to fall out. I'm already in this. I can prove to all these people that I'm not the weakest here. So why don't I prove to them that I'm the strongest? Uh, And you can either, you know, trained to deal with quitting and failure or you can train for success uh, and that's kind of the mindset i have is is trained for success so
1: yeah it's kind of i mean it's kind of like playing to win versus like playing to not lose you know it's a different different thing there and i mean who's going to carry the boats you know what I mean? so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, you, gotta, you gotta remember that so how is your body feeling how did your body feel the whole time how did you hold up did you have any injury issues or anything beyond, you know, general soreness and things like that? How, how are you feeling in general? And how'd you hold up?
2: So again, they have different services in place where if you're sore, if you have a muscle injury, uh, versus if you have like a fever or something like that, uh, there's different resources that we can use whenever we want, uh, if we feel that we need them. Um, but, uh, Honestly, it was just general muscle soreness. Uh, A lot of it was uh, a little bit of ankle, a little bit of knees. I had a little bit of wrist stuff. uh, And I was just doing different movements than I trained for. Um, So again, training beforehand, I did a lot of running and losing weight, but I probably should have done a little bit more kettlebell work, uh, kettlebell swings, um, probably a little bit more squatting and stuff like that. Um, Lighter weight, higher reps, just to make sure that uh, my joints could handle it a little better and stuff like that but uh, I stayed pretty healthy I was just sore I don't recover as fast uh, as the younger kids do and that's just that's it, it happens it's life um, so uh, I had to be a little bit more deliberate in my movements I wasn't throwing myself over the walls like I would have before but you're not really supposed to anyway so it forced me to do things the right way in order to prevent injury I just did deal with you climb the you that rope? so I did let's I did go climb um, let's go. Actually, that backyard training session go. came in handy. So it was pretty cool. They uh, Literally our first week there, we did a bunch of obstacle courses. Uh, and I failed miserably on a lot of the obstacles. Uh, but what's cool is, is uh, towards uh, the Forge, which is like your basic training graduation event, uh, they take you back to the same obstacles. Uh, and you kind of got to gauge your improvement and stuff like that. And it blew my mind how much easier everything was. Because uh, you're not really able to weigh yourself all the time. You don't really see all the improvement that you're making and the strength gains that you're getting. Um, but they're definitely there. Uh, and it just kind of proves that the system works. So yeah. just eat what you're told to eat, do what you're told to do, uh, and you will be uh, a much better athlete at the end of it.
1: Let me ask you this, too, going back to kind of comparing the first time you went versus now. Obviously, a lot has changed in the world of fitness and the knowledge that we have. Obviously, the military, since the first time, has changed their PT test as well. How was PT different this time around versus then? And then also, like you mentioned this time, you were doing a lot of kettlebells and stuff like that. Was that also what was happening back then or was different stuff happening then versus now from a workout and a fitness perspective and a you know exercise science-y type of type of way yeah, how, I mean, how yeah. were things different than with kind of their philosophy towards working out in PT versus now
2: so I I will speak to the differences that I know but again the training that I went through before was not combat arms training so uh, these differences might be specific to infantry and combat arms MOS sure. specifically but okay. um, before it was a lot of You need to starve yourself to lose the weight in order to pass and you're gonna run a lot Uh, and that was the mentality Um, so I didn't eat a whole lot last time I went through in 2009 I ran a ton and I lost a lot of weight uh, but when I came home I put it on because it was not sustainable it just wasn't Um, and this time around I'm actually eating a lot uh, which is nice I am I am probably crushing 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day of food um, which is a lot of food, especially if you knew what I was eating before I left. I was probably on 1,500 trying to lose weight. Uh, so I almost doubled what I'm eating. Um, and a lot of the training now is strength training. Uh, and uh, I don't necessarily know the term for it, but like shorter sprints and 60s and stuff like that, not so much longer runs. Um, and that is really all they do. And I am still losing weight, probably at a much healthier rate, uh, like I said, I've only lost really 20 pounds, 30 pounds since I've been gone. Uh, but uh, never once was I hungry. Uh, never once did I feel like I was lacking sleep uh, or I couldn't do the workout the next day because I was just so drained of energy. Uh, and it seems like they're being very, very smart about training the infantry. Uh, and the infantry mindset right now is what's important is physical fitness and your ability to shoot. That's what the training's for. Um, so if you are not a PT stud then you better learn how to shoot uh, and that's really what they care about right now so they're big on PT and strength there's a lot more like powerlifting and stuff like that and with the kettlebells that was also another privilege like we had to earn the kettlebells um, so when we started they made sure everyone got to a physical fitness level where they thought they could use kettlebells safely because they want to prevent injury that's a priority and then once they thought they got there uh, we actually have a trainee with us that um, managed a CrossFit gym And uh, he showed us different kettlebell workouts. The drill sergeants approved it, uh, and that's what we're allowed to do in the Bay. So, um, again, very regimented, but uh, everything is a privilege. So uh, training now is much smarter. I think it benefits the body much more. It benefits recovery much more. uh, And I I genuinely don't understand why they would have done it any differently before because it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really sounds like, and you mentioned this earlier, I mean, it definitely sounds like now it's more about, training and preparing everybody like a professional athlete like with those sprints and trying to be explosive and and strong um versus you know at least from the outside perspective back in the day it was more about just beating the shit out of everybody and you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of everything and long distance and just you know more of that route where now it's about being strong and explosive and and all that type of stuff kind of kind of like an athlete is that Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm saying for me, if I got somebody defending my country, I want somebody as strong as hell. Yeah. I mean, mean. I don't don't want somebody that's a noodle that's just been (laughs) doing 1,000 push-ups a day and running 10 miles a day. I want a beast, man. I want a middle
2: linebacker out there doing it. Well, they're taking the time to teach you now, too, which is a big thing. Like, before, they used to, you know, basically bury you. You'd lose a ton of weight. If you were really, really skinny and went before, you'd put on muscle. But, um now they're actually taking the time to educate you why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, and I think that can only help with sustainability once training's over. Because uh, again, that's gonna be a struggle for everyone, including myself, who's someone who's like naturally been bigger and out of shape his whole life. Um, once you're out of training, and, and they release you into the wild, and you're responsible for your own health and fitness again, and they're not there to baby you, uh, I feel like now they're preparing people more to be able to take care of themselves. Whereas before, uh, they did not do that. So uh, that is huge. Yeah, that's good Yeah.
0: So, how, because obviously you were doing, you know, your your 30, 60s, your runs, your rucks, and your strength training. How is like that balance? You know, I mean, we are a health and fitness podcast, so balance is, you know. Yeah, some, sometimes we are. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. I mean, it varies depending on the topic of the day. But, like,
2: how did that get structured in terms of like a daily week? Um, so typically, uh, it was really like an every other day kind of thing. Uh, and then the rucks are, so it would be every other day, uh, running and strength training, whether it be a longer distance run or sprint day. Uh, and then strength training, again, uh, body parts, push-ups, uh, stuff like that, uh, your hit training kind of stuff. Um, and then the rucks, uh, we didn't really prep for a lot of rucks, to be honest. Uh, I fortunately did a lot of rucking before I went. Uh, but there was guys that went that weighed 90 pounds who could barely lift the 50 pounds on their back that they needed to to ruck uh, but uh, they do start you slow so you would start with like a two mile ruck and then go to a four and then a six and then an eight uh, and then our last one was a 10 uh, and then in the infantry school uh, you get into like the 12s and the 16s and stuff like that so uh, there is a general progression for rucking and then Um, rucking is very, very hard on your back, it's very hard on your knees, like it's not necessarily something you should do all the time, Uh, so if you look at it as, hey, I'm going to do a two-mile ruck and see where I'm at, and then in between the rucks, I'm going to do all this running and strength training, Uh, then naturally, if you're putting in the effort during PT, that four-mile ruck should already feel easier, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're getting stronger in between, so uh, there really is no need to overemphasize rucking, but it is one of those gates you need to pass to graduate, so...
1: Did you say it just says 50 pounds? The, uh, it depends. It I think is, our first depends?
2: one was only 35 pounds. Uh, but then it got to the point where it was cold, and they have a packing list where it's like, this is what you have to bring. Uh, but if you want any anything else in the field, then you're just going to have to carry the weight. If you want to take it, you need to carry it. So um, I would bring some extra things just for comfort as well. Um, but uh, every ounce matters at that point when you're, when you're in the field. So uh, I didn't go crazy, but it probably got up to like, Fifty-five, sixty 60 for the longer
1: ones. All right. So, I, I have one more question. Now. Do you have other questions?
0: I think I have one more. Get well, I, I, I'm kind of floating it, so go ahead and go with yours.
1: So, my question so we, we've gone from 310 to 200, and then just from since you've been here, it was, you know, 275, 280 to 200. How have you adjusted to life as a heartthrob? And <laughs> How has that transition been? And you know, any 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 uh issues or struggles or anything that maybe we can we can all you know try to help out with your your new role in life here.
2: Uh, my new role is a heartthrob. Yeah, just as an
1: American heartthrob.
2: I mean, yeah, I just try to be better every day, Ryan. The oh, new I'm the there. new Captain That's America. <laughs> America. That's all um, you can do. New Captain America. No, it's. So it's actually an interesting point that you bring, because I know you kind of said it jokingly, but I think no, there is, is kind of was... this stereotype when someone loses a lot of weight, they start acting differently. Um, and I have always tried to be um, respectful, and I am nothing if not a gentleman. Uh, but oh. Oh. you, oh. I definitely have more confidence now, and it's noticeable. Yeah. Uh, cool. And socially, uh, I'm able to interact with people differently and stuff like that. So... Um, I think that's been a benefit. It's definitely helped me uh, in the civilian life as well already. So I just feel better, uh, and I feel like I can be more social, uh, and I want to be more social. Uh, And I get up in the morning, and I actually have energy instead of feeling tired, uh, and I'm just ready to attack the day now. So uh, it's definitely changed me for the better.
1: Have we had to like bump up the data plan or get like more storage space on the phone
2: for like all the, all the chicks
1: that are reaching out and stuff? The selfies, or, no, or, I mean, yeah. Like what? Do, do we gotta bump up a little bit? Or no. Getting... So it's it's
2: tough when you're on an army base. So I actually just went to paper. Um. So I have a couple notebooks that yeah. I you know just keep in my keeping keep yeah, everything right. organized. Uh, yeah, right. And it's like who do I call them this day, of Mondays, the week? Who do I Tuesdays. call in this oh, I, I hear it. I hear That's it. what I'm doing. I mean, it's tough. It's I'm gonna have to get a secretary pretty soon, I think. Yeah. but
1: yeah, so now hiring, you know, jo- job starts, what, March, mid-March, late-March, maybe April-ish? Yep, check it out. Frame. Uh, if you'd like to submit your application for Rusty's uh, personal secretary to keep all his appointments <laughs> uh, organized, you know, you can shoot that over uh, and we'll we'll take a look. But, uh, man, glad to, uh, you got you got questions? Yeah, in there, then?
0: so, y- you know, 310 to 200, 275 to 200, you know, over the course of year, year and a half, like, Explain to people who have lofty goals, like the the process and mindset that you had during that time frame, because like you did this in a really really thought out way. You know, you didn't go three ten to two hundred in four months eating a thousand calories. You know, and then see what happens. Like you did it very strategically. You know, breaking it down bit by bit. Then you joined the gym as a staff member, and then you, you know, worked with Ryan. You worked with myself. Like you really tried to do everything to a systematic, you know, process. Explain to everyone like that process for you. Like,
2: how did that go? Absolutely. Um. So, I've talked about this with some friends and family before, uh, and in the gym environment. But it all starts with finding your why. I think it's very, very important. Uh, before you start any kind of weight loss journey or uh, certification for a job or anything like that, why do you want to do it, right? It has to be a good one. It has to mean the world to you. Uh, Nothing can be more important than that why. Um, Once you have that uh, and you understand it fully, uh, uh, the second thing that I think is important for everyone, which I think a lot of people skip over, uh, is accountability. So uh, there was a point in my life where uh, I was depressed I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to leave the house. Um, I didn't feel social at all. Uh, And until I started going to people that came into my life and being completely honest about that, um, nothing was getting better. Once I started being honest about that, I realized there's a whole lot of people in the world that feel the same way. And I started surrounding myself with uh, people who thought the same, who had the same fitness goals. uh, And uh, that made everything easier for me. I was able to have people, uh, even working at the gym, Uh, I told you guys from day one what my goals were, uh, and I was able to have Tyler help me work out, Ryan help me work out, Uh, everyone else at the gym would come and work out with me, and just naturally that became kind of my social environment, so um, that's what I did for fun. Uh, I made friends here, Uh, I surrounded myself with people who made me want to level up every day, uh, and I attacked it that way, Uh, and uh, so accountability, finding your why. Uh, two really really big ones um, consistency uh, just making sure that you're doing the same thing uh, all the time obviously when I say the same thing the right thing I should have said uh, you need to change it up sometimes to make sure your body doesn't adapt but that's all in-depth stuff that you can look up wherever ask the guys at the gym about but consistency uh, and then rest uh, uh, one struggle I had was understanding when to rest uh, and honestly Uh, I took two weeks off of working out before I left, and I worked out way harder after that. So I needed that. My body needed that, and I didn't want to give it to my body. But uh, because it was forced on me, uh, everything got easier. So uh, find your why, accountability, consistency, and proper rest, uh, I think, are four key things for everyone out there to hit the goals that they're trying to hit uh, in fitness, for sure.
0: And this is all done in a long-term aspect. So do remember that this took Rusty, you know, a year, year and a half,
2: basically two years, you
0: know, close to two years to to go through and and do like, he's doing these things day in, day out, you know, consistently, like it may not be every day, but he's still getting it done, you know, 80, 90% of the time. And that's what breeds, you know, sustainable progress and good success that can be held long-term and, uh,
1: yeah, with, with the long term too, maybe you can touch on this. So that hundred ten pounds, you know, since since you know a year and a half, two years ago, it's not like it was just a straight line, you know, either, right? So it's not no, like it that was, was like three the steel 10, Phantom, that was 300. So you know, I think a lot of people out there that join a gym that have a lot of weight to lose, they start to see some progress. They start to see the scale go down, and then as soon as that scale gets stuck or maybe even jumps back up. Uh, the wrong direction, then they kind of bail. So why don't you just maybe, and I know you got into a little bit of the mental side there, but just kind of touch on what that year and a half, two years of weight loss actually looked like from a weight perspective and how you kind of managed and got through maybe some of those times where
2: it jumped back up or you were stuck for a while or something like that. Absolutely. So that is going to happen. If you don't think that is going to happen, you're wrong. Um, just to be blunt about it but uh, I lost a lot of weight and then I would put 20 pounds back on and then I'd have to lose the 20 pounds again and my mindset for that is is I had to stop I had to say why am I putting this weight back on I had to look at why I was putting it back on is it healthy weight is it muscle is it not uh, did I get lazy do I need to change something uh, something happened for that weight uh, to get put back on And I looked at that as a period of adjustment instead of a period of failure. Uh, And just that little mindset change allowed me to continue to be successful. Uh, I understood it was gonna happen. I had to figure out why it was going to happen uh, or why it was happening, and then I could fix it and continue my progress. Uh, And that's really how I I began to look at it and it helped me in the long run. Uh, And then again, uh, surrounding myself with people who wanted to stay fit and wanted to live a healthy lifestyle Uh, It forced me to stay consistent if I wanted to see my friends and the people I was close with because they accepted nothing less and uh, I put a lot of effort into surrounding myself uh, uh, with people that think that way because that's what I want to be and you need to act like you want to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. You know, it's, it goes along the lines of, you know, like you're the product of like the five people you're, you're yeah. closest to like that, that whole thing. I asked my last question four questions ago, but I have another one. So just, just this just so is a follow up. Uh, earlier you talked about nutrition and how you're probably eating 2,500, 3,000 calories now. Mm-hmm. How was that adjustment for you? physically eating that much, but then also mentally eating that much, because I know that's something that we were always kind of yelling at you about that. You weren't eating enough when you were here trying to lose weight <laughs> and I was, and I, I, I know I was. was as well. So like, how was that adjustment? And that's, that's not you. That's everybody oh, struggles yeah. with eating more food to lose weight because it is backwards and it seems counterintuitive. But as somebody that was not eating a lot and struggled with the thought of eating more, with a weight loss goal in front of them. How was that adjustment physically eating that much food, which I know you were doing so much activity throughout the day that it was, you know, that probably made it easier to want to eat more, but physically eating that much more food, but then also mentally being okay, eating that much
2: food with a weight loss goal in mind. Uh, Physically, it was awesome. I loved eating more food. Uh, I love to eat. I will always love to eat. Uh, That's just me. Uh, mentally it was definitely more challenging because I was like this I I don't think I'll be successful if I'm eating this much that's where my mind was Uh, but literally in the first couple days of being there my drill sergeant said you will eat every single calorie available to you I promise you you will need it Uh, and then as I started to eat more calories um, I started to have the energy to work out more Uh, so for example yesterday uh, a typical day of working out for me, I might get up, go to the gym in the morning, run, <laughs> lift, and then that's my workout for the day. Uh, yesterday, I ate the 3,000 calories. I got my workout in in the morning, and then I still felt great. So I had the energy to do stuff throughout the day and then get a second two mile run in at night um, and then some push ups and sit ups in before I went to bed. So it's like, it's I got another question. for me, it's still. <laughs> For me, it's still energy in, energy out, right? It's a good way to look at it. I mean, it works, and there's a hundred other ways that these guys might tell you that work better. But um, if I'm taking in more energy, then I have to understand like that energy needs to be used through the day by doing more activity. Uh, but I feel better. I have more energy through the day. I feel better. In no, general. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that's um, just that's just right. <laughs> and, and eating more got rid of that like lethargic is probably the word the, the, the lethargic feeling that I had before after a workout where I just didn't have the energy throughout the day to do anything. Big what I vocab needed to words. Do. words. Yeah, yeah still coming in there. You're stealing, you're stealing
1: Tyler's uh, <laughs> gimmick on the show. So that's something we talked about. That's something that you know you have to talk about with a lot of people when you're trying to balance weight loss and performance goals you you've got to give your body enough fuel to do what you're asking it to do so if you're asking it to do a two-mile run in the morning and then lift weights and then you know do something else and you you gotta you know you gotta feed your body for what you're what you're trying to do so yeah i mean i'm glad you uh kind of came around on that because we're gonna have to get some food sometimes this week but my question oh yeah you got this what what do you got three weeks from when you were home to when you leave again but two and a half three weeks or so here yeah so what's your plan, you know, during this time to balance maybe recovering a little bit, having some fun, but then also keeping yourself kind of kind of game shape ready for when you go back so it's not like a restart. Like what's what's your plan to kind of balance staying in shape but also recovering and, and uh, kind of resting a little bit?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm eating what I want to eat right now. Um, it's vacation for me and it's okay to have a vacation. Uh, I'm still working out in the mornings. I'm still on a very similar workout plan to while I'm there. Uh, I'm just eating different foods. And like I said, I was eating like 3000 calories uh, while I was there anyway. Uh, and I don't really want more than that in a day. So uh, like I had Chinese food, I treated myself to Chinese food the other day and Dang. I, I crushed some General says chicken, but yeah. like I'm still mm. not going over those calories that mm. I'm expending. So uh, it's it's kind of weird that I can eat what I want now and my body is still performing um, how it, I want it to. Uh, so I'm burning the energy that I'm putting in my body again. It's what it came down to. I'm eating a little less clean right now, but, uh, when I go back, uh, I'll, I'll get back to clean eating and that stuff that, like I said, I'm on vacation. I'm gonna have a little fun.
1: Oh, well, good. Cause we got some, we got a little, we got a little taco shop, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. trip we got to make here. So, uh, all right. So
0: we're, we're, one, we're pushing our longest episode time okay. frame again, which is fine. It's, all good. it's fine, but I, I gotta, gotta f- give the people what they want. I got a fun question now. <laughs> Let me <laughs> sneak in there first. Okay, go ahead. So
1: it's glad to hear what you just said, because uh, that's something that we preach to everybody here about fueling your body and firing up your metabolism, so that once people reach their weight loss goal, oh yeah, they are able to go eat some 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 sows and, and uh, you know whatever else that they, they can go eat some fun stuff. They can hang out with their friends, start to eat more. But now your body's more prepared to just use up that extra and not store it as body fat. When people go the other way and they restrict themselves and they under eat, it slows down their metabolism. So they might still lose the weight. But then now, as soon as they go out with their friends, their family, whatever, they eat a pizza, they eat something that, you know, isn't diet friendly. Their body is like a sponge and they soak all that up and they put all that weight right back on. So that's something, you know, we preach to people for years and years. So it's good to see. Yeah. You know, you kind of live in that uh, true, true example there.
0: So good. I just want to get that in there. All right. So fun question now. Um, been over a year of the three of us, you know, working together basically, and and, and just getting the three of us. <laughs> if only it could go that way. Uh, we we've done a lot in this time frame. So I just want to touch in. You know, old Rusty's past, We got new Rusty here what's uh what's one of the best memories we had from like the last year of old rusty because i got one in my head ryan wasn't there for it but man this worries me a little it it kills me oh
1: is this for me yeah go ahead i'll let you start oh man um
0: now for you guys like as ryan thinks (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, as ryan thinks
1: i was caught off guard so like
0: uh ryan rusty and i like we've done a lot over the last year like between working out together Getting getting after it on the weekends, like with runs, and like then hitting up like Chipotle afterwards, and drenching sweat clothes, and, and like all sorts of crazy stuff like that. So like, we've done a lot in this time frame. So I, I'm just very curious as to what everybody's like favorite like.
1: Remember, I mean, go ahead with yours. All man. right, so you my favorite,
0: my favorite one. Ryan wasn't with us, but I was scheduled to run 15 miles for the marathon training last year. And Rusty came with me. And Rusty's goal was to run two laps around North Park, which is about 10 miles. All right, I had 15, Rusty had 10. And I finished my 15 and I sat in my car for 30 minutes waiting for Rusty to finish up his second lap. And he wasn't there. So I got out and I started running backwards and I found him about halfway back uh, around North Park With his hood up, his drawstrings pulled all the way shut, so you have like the little like Like yeah, like the little South Park character, and him just like taking these tiny steps, and I catch up to him, and he's just like, I'm fucking cold as shit, (laughs) (laughs) and we just like just started moseying along, going back to the car, just getting back in, but like it was just the funniest thing, cause like
2: I did the ten miles. Yeah, he did, but that and, and like that was the thing that like,
0: despite, cause it was. It was cold as shit that day. Like, I will absolutely attest to that. Like, despite all that adversity there, like, you know, running 10 miles, which at that time was definitely a challenge.
2: I was at probably, like, a 14 or 15-minute mile pace. Yeah,
0: like, it was was definitely a challenge to – it was freezing cold because it was, like, February or March or something like that. You know, all these things, you know, and – at the time you know running with me who i'm in the middle of marathon training so like i'm getting increased on my all my times and stuff and like n- as much as as that stuff can like weigh on you you know like ah, oh, i can't keep up with him ah it's fucking cold ah like i've never ran time like none of that stopped you still doing that had to but it was just so funny because like running up to you with like your hood just like scrunched up in the drawstring like you just killed me it was so funny that
2: was and i remember being halfway through my second lap and being like well i can't turn around it's freezing but it's the same distance back it goes forward so (laughs) i might as well just go forward that's the thing thing with that north
1: park loop once you get up that big hill past like the little rope course thing i mean you're about as far away from the car as you can get where we normally park yeah you got to do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of those, uh, you know, we, we had, we, uh, did like the rock the one time you we were trying to hit a certain time at Squaw Valley. Um, but you know, I think the thing that, that I appreciate the most is, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, sitting in this exact same office for your, for your job interview to come work here, you pretty much called your shot. You know, you said, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I want to work here so that I can surround myself, everything you just said. Um, to get back into the military, get the weight off was always your goal from from day one of working here. So, um, you know, I'm somebody that sets a goal. And if I say I'm gonna do it, like I'm gonna find a way to accomplish it and get it done and, uh, you know, to watch the whole journey and, you know, start from that job interview where you said that was your intention and that's what you were gonna do to you actually doing it, getting all that weight. I mean, anytime somebody sits there and says, hey, I'm gonna lose 70 some pounds, okay, you know, yeah sounds good yeah we'll you see know, I hope you do yeah. yeah like we'll see not very likely you know to see you call your shot and then you know actually step up and do it has been awesome uh, to see the beginning like the first couple times we tried to run it at North Park uh, some of the first times we went over to Squaw Valley um, to where you're at now I mean it's it's unreal it's, it's awesome couldn't be more proud of you, couldn't be more happy for you. So Thank you. Happy to happy to for have sure. you back for a couple weeks, but uh, you know, more more excited to have you back for good uh, in a in a few months here. So appreciate you taking the time. I gotta run before I get fired. I gotta meet a Sandra and Matt here in a minute, so uh, appreciate you. Maybe we'll get you back on here while you're home. Who yeah, knows? Who, knows? who knows? I'm Might down. Might be three idiots for a couple <laughs> weeks. So <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we are definitely going to try to at least get Rusty on here one more time. So for the listeners, if you have questions for Rusty, drop the voice message. Drop that voice message. We got another one in the can for the next episode that we didn't get to today. But leave us a voice message or a comment, whatever. If you have questions for Rusty, if you have well wishes for Rusty, if you just want to say hi to Rusty, I think you plan on kind of being in here working out a ton the next couple of weeks anyway. Absolutely. So make sure you stop in uh, at o four hundred hours or whatever you're going to yeah. be working on that. I mean, that's make sure you get in now. here early if you want to catch our boy. <laughs> So, uh, appreciate you listening. Five star reviews on Apple, all that stuff, voice messages. See you next time. See ya.